0: Placing my thoughts elsewhere while you chatter away. There could be no room for questions. You do realize that over the last few years his lordship has been the most important pawn that the Nazis have in this country. It is not my place to be curious about such matters.
1: You're saying that Elsa and Irma are to be dismissed because they're Jewish.
0: We have no choice. It's regrettable, Stevens, but there it is.
1: If those girls go, I shall leave this house.
0: No place for feelings. You're extremely important to this house, Miss Kenton. Am I? Yes. Yes.
1: I have something to tell you.
0: But how long can love wait?
1: My friend, he has asked me to marry him. <laughs> oh, damn
0: In the remains of the day.
1: It's not scandalous at all. It's just a sentimental old love story
0: academy award winner anthony hopkins yes academy award winner emma thompson james fox christopher reeve the remains of the day hello i'm thomas cryllis
1: and and i'm jaz Sisanka.
0: it's wonderful sounded really um sounded really genuine and nice and off the cuff that's how i say
1: my name jaz Sisanka.
0: i know what your name is i know Um the last film we did together Jess was Bridget Jones's diary.
1: I saw that come up like on mm. my TV screen and I was like we should have done Bridget Jones' diary but then I remembered we've already done that. Already
0: done it. Really memorable episode in your mind.
1: That's <laughs> good.
0: Too. Um well no actually you came in late if you remember rightly. Did I? Cuz you you either overslept or there was something wrong or something and then you you came in you came in late and uh Anyway, any anyhow, it doesn't matter. Um, this came about. We wanted to do an episode. Um, we went through a variety of different paths. I first went by the path of name an actor and you said Benedict Cumberbatch. And I was like, oh, yeah, I like Benedict Cumberbatch. And I looked at the films and I was like, I mean, The Courier was good, but I don't know if it needs a whole episode. And there's no real great Benedict Cumberbatch movies. Then a couple of weeks passed due to a series of what what are you about to I
1: think that Benedict Cumberbatch has some the imitation game is a good movie. Yeah,
0: it's it's alright.
1: I just wanted to defend Benedict a little bit. I feel like I he think needs... he's
0: doing fine.
1: Yeah, but you know, just in case he's not, we don't know what's going on behind those dazzling blue eyes.
0: Is this where we I didn't know you had such a thing for Benedict Cumberbatch.
1: It's Sherlock Holmes, man. I love that show. <laughs> so, what did you well, think
0: of the final horrific series?
1: We don't talk about that. It's like Game of Thrones. You don't talk about the last season.
0: Oh, what was it? It, it was his sister, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, on a an island, and she was in yeah. love with Moriarty. 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 Moriarty.
0: Moriarty yeah. Oh,
1: I'm was... sorry. I just had a sudden speech impediment. It's um... all right.
0: It's all right. Um, yeah. No. Uh, very bad. Mm. Very, very bad. It also seriously struggled from incredible ending, killing Moriarty in the end of series two. But what are you going to do now? Now you've got a ham-fist reasons to bring it back. (laughs) Such as (laughs) as a manic Christmas special. Why wasn't that Christmas special just a normal Christmas special? Why... Like, with them in the Victorian era. Why did it have to be all oh, in his mind and he's having a morphine overdose or whatever the hell was wrong?
1: Well, you know, Sherlock Holmes's drug addiction is a vital part of his storyline.
0: Yeah, I liked the... Um, I actually liked the heroin episode with Toby Jones. I thought that was good.
1: That was a good episode, actually. I might have to re-watch Sherlock, you know.
0: Unfortunately, I got in the way of your Sherlock re Well, no, you're not. You don't you? You're already in the middle of a rewatch. What are you watching? uh,
1: Downton rewatch.
0: Downton rewatch. How far are you into your Downton rewatch?
1: I'm in my season four era.
0: So that is, has Matthew died yet? Yes, he has. And
1: Sybil, my two, like two of my favorite characters.
0: Yeah, my ex, the one, the one the J one she loved downton she was a big downton fan
1: well that's we've all got to have our redeeming features and maybe that's hers (laughs) (laughs)
0: Um, so this then changed the line of thinking to um what are we what are we going to do for an episode and you simply said um period Mm. drama and then i Mm. said what, um, Netflix, what, what streamers do you have? I mean, and uh, the remains of the day came up. Age of Innocence came up, which I was quietly disappointed you didn't choose. The Age of Innocence is a wonderful film. It was film. my
1: second choice, it was my second choice, but it was a bit too lovey dovey. And I also just finished watching Lady Chatley's Lover. Um, oh, well, have you I now? feel like. I say just finished. I watched it like a month ago, but I feel like it's too.
0: The Emma it... one, the new one.
1: Yeah. The new one. I've watched both, but I just thought it was not very good. Sorry. Love you, Emma Corrin.
0: I love Emma Corrin as well. And so okay, do you want me to get up for? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I also love him because he was, he's in skins as well. He, he was, was Jack was...
0: O'Connell. Yeah, yeah. yeah, He was. Yeah.
1: He's in that film about Nazis. No, not about Nazis. What, 70,
0: 71, the, the IRA movie?
1: No, the running film. The one about the... Un- the run-
0: unbroken.
1: That one. He's very. I, my sister loves that film. Yes. I think she likes it because he's fit.
0: But... <laughs> so she was a big fan of Lady Shetley's lover.
1: I don't think she has the patience to watch that film.
0: No, she could just skip her out.
1: Yeah,
0: just watch the intro. Yeah, so anyway, all of this is to say that currently on um, whatever it was on Netflix or whatever, is the beautiful Merchant Ivory film The Remains of the Day. Now, Mm. did you have any at all knowledge of The Remains of the Day, Jess?
1: No. No, I didn't. No.
0: So when I sent you a series of trailers of period dramas, why did you choose... The remains of the day.
1: Anthony Hopkins.
0: Mm. What's your Anthony Hopkins? What's your Anthony Hopkins um, story? The
1: father. I watched the father
0: in 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 Christopher Courts because you came back one night and you were all very sad.
1: And I just remember being like, I was just like, damn, that's some good acting, that. And he is great. Yeah, and I was like, "Who is this guy?" And then there. Sorry, were sorry, like- sorry.
0: So you'd never watched Silence of the Lambs*. No. I thought we did that, didn't we? Do that as a movie Sunday or movie night.
1: We did, but I didn't connect the two. Ah, <laughs>
0: right. Yes.
1: And then I, you know, things started to fall into place very mm. slowly as they tend to with me, and and then I, you know, I just I hadn't other than those two and maybe like an odd other one that I happened to maybe watch once or something randomly um yeah i I hadn't really watched any of these films so i thought this is a good chance and obviously the lovely emma thompson
0: the wonderful emma thompson um yes no i i love anthony Hopkins. i think this rewatch probably puts him in my top 10 i don't know why he's been an outlier because like salas lambs is my second favorite film of all time. That performance as Lecter is so indelible, and is one of the greats of all time. That it makes that it even extends to the fact that I love Hannibal and Red Dragon, even though they are not anywhere near as good films.
1: That's the other film I've watched, Hannibal. Don't oh, watch Hannibal, that. you're right.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, the father was the father was astounding. As much as um, Chadwick Boseman was excellent in Ma Rainey, and as tragic as his passing was. I really don't want time and the COVID nature of that Oscars and the weirdity of the Oscars that year in that he didn't even get a speech because it was COVID and the fact that there was this huge swell of um, deserved and tragic um, love and want to praise Chadwick Boseman in uh, his penultimate, if not final, I can't remember when De 5 Bloods came out, Performance on screen in such a wonderful, um, in in such a great best actor nominated performance. It was
1: really I, hard that year.
0: I just think that that the father, I mean, at his at his age, and the I I I really did think it was astounding, and I think it went beyond. The possible melodrama of what that film could have been. Um, beyond that, I've always, on this podcast, in my writing and and, and anything, I love the film Magic, where he plays a, a, a ventriloquist who's who's goes slowly crazy. I've always loved that film. It's always been a personal favorite of mine. Um, but I think when you're talking about when you talk about De Niro, Pacino, Streep, Jack Nicholson, I don't know. And, you throw, and if you can only take it through five, I think if you took through Silence of the Lambs, Remains of the Day, Magic, The Father, and um, I, I really like Nixon. I think he's very good in Nixon. If you took those five films, that's as good, you can put that up against any, any of the best. And I think, I wanna talk about a deleted scene straight away. Oh, there's a deleted scene and I meant to send it to you and I forgot, but there's a deleted scene and I've just finished reading the book as well. I I was listening on Audible to the book. The book is an incredibly, this is an incredibly faithful adaptation from um, Javala. This is an incredibly faithful adaptation, except there is one scene in the book that made it into the Harold Pinter version of the script before it got rewritten by Ruth uh, Javala, And it's basically... After Mrs. Kenton leaves on the bus and he's crying, and we're crying too, he then goes to the pit back to the pier and sits with a, a guy, and the other guy is clearly another lonely person or widow or something like that. And he says, Oh, they strike up a conversation. And they find out that they were both butlers. And in this in this moment, he just he just breaks down into tears and he talks about how he's possibly Wasted his in wasted his life in service of somebody who wasn't especially a good person, and he devoted his life to someone who effectively in a roundabout political way led to the the murder of millions and the the war the war the war death and he just breaks down and he talks about how he's possibly got nothing left to give and he talks about and in the book that conversation. Then ends up incorporating some of Miss Kenton's comments on the pier about the, the how evenings are the best uh time for a lot of people. And in that moment, he cries. And in and Anthony Hopkins pulls it off naturally and he pulls it off so socially well, and he starts crying. And it's a very emotional scene, but it's outwardly emotional. And I'm I want to bring this up in the sense of. The film that you saw and the film that I saw, in the sense of without the deleted scene, Mm. never gives us that moment.
1: That's what I was about to say. I would have wanted that because his character is incredibly good at not saying a lot, but Mm. getting a lot, but saying a lot by not saying a lot. Now, and that like emotional scene to kind of. I don't know. I felt like something was missing and you saying that, I was like, that's what was missing.
0: Well, could you make the argument that in the film as it stands now, the whole point is that we don't actually get that scene. And that the the quiver in his eye and the quiver in his lip is the most that we get. Whether his father's dying, whether he's coming to terms that he devoted his life to a war criminal, effectively, or whether he is watching a woman who effectively loved him and they could have had a life together or some fashion of something. And he's once again letting her go away on a bus because that won't ever happen. And he just he just it's that stiff British upper lip. I can see both. I think if that scene was in there, it's immediately the Oscar clip. And I think he's a shoo-in a bit more for the Oscar. He lost this year, I believe. I've got it here, up here. He lost this year to um, to Tom, yeah, to Tom Hanks. So, to Tom Hanks for Philadelphia. This was one of those films where it's nominated for eight things, wins nothing it is nominated for best film. It's nominated for best director. It's nominated for best actor. It's nominated for best actress. It's nominated for best screenplay. And there is just a series of different things in its way, such as um, Schindler's List taking film and picture, such as Tom Hanks in Philadelphia taking best actor, an incredible performance. Tommy Lee Jones in The Fugitive. Well, it wasn't in the best supporting and uh, best, uh, the best, either best supporting field. Um, Along with, Holly Hunter for the piano for best actress, which at the time was a sort of um, just powerhouse uh, straight through performance. Um, I don't know what to touch on next. Oh, let's touch on. Mm, I've got more intro. I can. I've got more intros stuff. Well, let, let's talk. Firstly, did you enjoy the remains of the day?
1: Yes, I think I did. I only hesitate because I, I attempted to watch this film three times. The first time I <laughs> fell asleep. And in my defence, I've been on early starts. I've been getting up at five o'clock every day. And it was the end of a very long eight-hour shift. And I was mm. ready to go to bed. And I fell asleep during Hugh Grant's little um speech where he's, in, he's got the typewriter and he's like... Oh, Run. so you are
0: quite far in.
1: Yeah, and I just dropped off at the end and then I I tried it again, but I was cooking pasta at the time and I burnt said pasta (laughs) um, because I was distracted by the film and then I burnt the pasta and then I watched the last 10 minutes about an hour ago. So Mm -hmm. I got there eventually. (laughs) But I also needed things to do while I was watching the film. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, It
1: didn't captivate me enough because I think I've got some form of something and I need to, like, if a film's not fully engrossed me, to get engrossed to the film, I have to be doing something with my hands. So I sat there crocheting my scarf and then I could watch it. Um, mm. But it wasn't... Maybe that's those...
0: why the pasta bird, because you were crocheting your scarf whilst cooking your pasta.
1: I wasn't, no. I was just watching a movie and cooking pasta <laughs> that time. I fell asleep while crocheting my scarf and watching the film. That's what they um, always say:
0: never smoke in bed and never crochet. And fall <laughs> asleep. Never
1: crochet my scarf. Um, but yeah, I think I did enjoy the movie. Um, I think
0: it's an interesting thing to talk about when it comes to because undoubtedly now all period dramas and all great manor house things get put up against. Downton, and it's not Mm -hmm. that the period drama, and it's not that the manor house, and it's not that the upstairs downstairs situation hasn't been on screens in literature and on film for years and years and years. But Downton Abbey was such a phenomena, and so totemic, and still box office wise reigns quite supreme. Downton Abbey, a new era, was a box office success.
1: I've seen it.
0: I haven't seen it yet. Um, that's a lie. I've watched. 10 minutes here and there on the cruise ship because they would do this thing where they would just play the most random film on like on repeat. And so uh, I had a, well, a situation ship at the time and she was ill and she was like, yeah, let's do this now. Um, <laughs> nobody, Nobody's going to listen. If, if she doesn't talk to me in a year but listens to the Remains of the Day podcast, then that is the great achievement <laughs> of my life. <laughs> And she was like, and I was like, "Oh, are you all right, darling? How how have you spent your day?" And she was like, "Well, I've watched Downton Abbey: A New Era twice."
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, that's a sign for get some help. Sorry.
0: Yeah, well, that wasn't the biggest sign. And the um, (laughs) aye,
1: aye, aye,
0: aye, 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 and so you can't get away from the sort of melodrama of. Downton Abbey, in that it was serialized, something was happening all the time, and there was all the sorts of deaths, uh, assaults, and political drama and stuff, and pregnancies and romances that this film specifically just doesn't give you. It's completely subtle, it's completely under the surface. It, it, as much as it is all there, it's it's all there in Ishiguro's original novel, which I just finished, and is is beautiful and sensational, and it's all there. And there is something to be said structurally, stylistically, in the text of it is on purpose that a lot of the Nazism and a lot of the World War Two stuff is under the belt. You know, you it's there. You can see it; it's in the text. There's it's there, but there is no. We took, there's constant mention of the libelous case that Mister Darlington was sent to court for libel. We don't see that. We don't see some big screaming argument. We see pleasant meetings and pleasant discussions, and just then and again, there are times when you think you're going to get somebody openly admit to Nazism or or something like that sorry sir there's something in the other room and it's something as stupid like you immediately messaged last night talking about the French diplomat oh and his feet
1: person in this movie Mr Feet I love him just a French man concerned about his mm. feet and honestly same yeah. like I'm concerned about those feet and Steve, is his name Stevens in the film yes it is he's Mr he Stevens so Yes, Stevens. yes. Feet as well so much so that he you know it was the first thing he thought of after seeing his dead father. I was like, you know what? I'm still thinking about the feet too. So fair dues, mate.
0: The film and the book pl- play in different ways, but the f- the th- in the film of him finishing talk- consulting with the doctor and then telling the doctor, um, "Oh, and uh, yes, sir, uh, there's somebody upstairs whose feet need." And and in the book. Um, like he's be he's with Missus Kenton, and Missus Kenton says the doctors arrived, and the Frenchman goes, "Oh, wonderful! You got here so quickly." And he's like, <laughs> and he has to go. Oh yes, just uh, just wait in the other room, and um, and uh, but so the book is entirely first person narrative voice of Stevens, so it's all. I did this, I did this. And anytime he's getting too emotional, he catches himself, or he or he has to justify it. And he says, But of course, this is a moment of impropriety, and I must explain. And it's all this in a voice. And he's constantly talking about the pride he felt that he was dealing with Mr. Darlington. And he had it like there's a there's a beautiful paragraph in the in the book where he's talking about how one of the di- one of the dignitaries who came. Clearly to talk about some sort of easement <laughs> and that eventually led to serious troubles between England and Germany.
1: Serious troubles.
0: <laughs> to say the least.
1: Why it, yeah.
0: And, and he's talking about how um one of these German uh, guests... Said, "Oh, what wonderful silver!" And then he does this paragraph when he's talking about. I felt that I did a part in that foreign policy because I put the man at ease. Perhaps if the silver was not up to a certain standard, then perhaps he would have been more agitated, and Mister Darlington would not have been able to achieve the policies and conversations that he facilitated. And it's and it's that. Do you think the film is straddling? two things and in that sense doesn't achieve either in the sense of there's quite a negative thing to open up with, but in the sense of, do you think it should be completely a film about an elderly butler coming to terms with the fact of Mr. Darlington's nature? And do you think in that turn that the Mrs. Kenton love story gets sort of not short shrift, but gets less focus? I felt, especially in the book, actually, I, I feel in many ways that it's the astounding work of Emma Thompson and Anthony Hopkins in their performances and those moments that they do share together that it kind of it kind of creeps up on you how much of a love story this is or did am I or am I just completely being negative
1: I didn't read it as a love story and I got slightly yeah. concerned when I started to right, because yeah. Anthony Hopkins, yeah, love him and everything, but he does—he looks very old in that film.
0: I—I I think I actually I agree. I—I I think I—I I think this. It, it, so this was originally right. Let's. I'm going to do my preamble now. So, mm-hmm. 19. Um, sorry. So originally, Mike Nichols, director of *The Graduate*, who's read of Virginia Woolf, *Heartburn*, *Postcards from the Edge*—one of my top five directors of all time always worked with Meryl Streep, not always, but worked with Meryl Streep a lot. He read the book and he optioned it and he was planning to direct the film with Meryl as Mrs. as Mrs. Kempton. All right. I think as, in, as wonderful as Emma Thompson is in this film, I think there is something lost in the fact that she plays visually a lot younger than Anthony Hopkins.
1: Yes, yeah, I agree. I... And
0: this was this leads on to the next point, which is that this is only the following year after Howard's End, which was directed by James Ivory, produced by Merchant Ismail and written by Ruth, uh, adapted by and written by Ruth Prower Jabala and also feet in is another grand period drama and also features Anthony Hopkins and Emma Thompson in a sort of romance to the extent that and she's one They're both It's in a beautiful, incredible film. And Emma Thompson wins the Oscar for that. And so they're playing on a bit of that chemistry again, but that chemistry works a lot better in that film. And also, you um, have never seen Howard's End and and have anything to do with it.
1: When you said that, I was kind of comparing it to how they pair Kate Winslet and Leonardo DiCaprio together in Titanic and then try to recreate that in a different way in Revolutionary Road. And it just doesn't, it feels a bit like a cop out because you feel like you're watching the two characters from the previous film again. And it's like, oh, could have given me a different combo in this and I probably would have liked it a bit more. And I just think like in this film particularly, she looks too young. I read it as father-daughter kind of vibes because she's always on about how she doesn't have a family. And then when it came to the book scene, I was a bit like, oh, why is she about to kiss him? And I also thought that he was going to reveal that he was reading My Camp. Um, That's what I thought he was going to be reading. I was like, oh, my God. And then he was like, it's a romance novel. And I was like, it's a what? What?" I thought he was investing in uh, in his lordship's career choices. But no, he's just reading a bit of, you know, romance. Pants, he's not, maybe, not he's reading
0: late. maybe he's reading Lady. Maybe he's reading Lady Shuttle lover.
1: Yeah, maybe <laughs> I was. I was very concerned about where that scene was going, and I think it <laughs> went in a very different direction. And then that's when I started reading it as a love story,
0: mm.
1: and I just I was a bit like, "Oh, you look like you could be her father."
0: Yeah, I don't like. It's a very. It's very reactionary. Like I, I like. I don't. I'm not one of these people who immediately jumps to age discourse, because I think it can get incredibly overblown and it's just an easy thing to jump at. But I think the fact that we don't get, I mean, this is just undermining all of the subtle work that's in the film, but the fact that we don't get a kiss or the fact that we don't get any sex or the fact that we don't get any consummation of the love, never does the easy work that that sometimes helps with age discourse movies like you know, like I don't know. So if we if there was a sex scene or a kissing scene, and there was actual you know that physical chemistry there that was undeniable, and we can see that, then that co- sort of cuts the corner. Whereas that never has any of this. So it's like it's it's like what you're saying. And there is a part of me that reads the ending of her not being lost. Like in the book, she literally says she's like flirting around the subject. She's like, oh. Sometimes I think about, you know, life and, you know, possibilities of life, but that's no good. You know, sometimes I think of a life with you and you're like, oh, so you're just gonna say it. Whereas in the film never really have that moment. And so I sometimes read the bus scene as her crying and looking at this man knowing this is his life and a sort of pity and sadness. Looking at him, going, "Oh, you're gonna go the way of your father. You're just gonna, you're gonna die in service." And yeah, but
1: even his father had a relationship because I thought, like, otherwise he been mm. there, so he had something. Mm. But he's really just like, yeah, his whole life has been being in service, and I think that that is like the film. Like that's why. I hate to relate it like back to Downton but <laughs> it is giving Carson in Downton mm. in those early seasons where like he can't like commit to the change and you know yeah. it's like the dying industry of being in service and all of that palaver mm. and like like him not having a place in the world thereafter but I don't know I just felt very very sad for him in that movie especially at the end with the pigeon I almost forgive the fact that there is a pigeon in that scene because I am definitely afraid (laughs) of them and I was like oh well this is now like decreasing at least one point for me but
0: yeah
1: yeah, I forgive it because he's just a cute old man
0: yeah he is uh, it's so beautifully emotional and pained and like, so uh, just a quote from Mike Nichols here, one of his interests in the in the project was, um, nobody has ever asked in a movie what it's like to be a butler, what it's like to be the person who is in the scene and doesn't speak. And that's another thing. Obviously, again, we've got years and years of, we've got years of down to now, Upstairs, Downstairs was actually before this, I believe. Um, and uh, even Gosford Park to an extent. But, at that time, it, it it was a it wasn't a known commodity. Throw into that the uh, the element of the war and the the sort of oh, what's the word I'm trying to think of the banality of it, not even banality, but like the creeping nature of evil. In that, mm. I maybe I'm naive and maybe I'm wrong to say this. I genuinely don't believe that Lord Darlington at that time thought he was doing any bad at all. I genuinely think he was, I think a really interesting moment, and you can read this incredibly negatively and just say that he's a guilty man who's done horrible things, is when he goes back on firing the Jewish girls.
1: I was just about to say that because he it kind of clocks for him, I think. It, and, he's and,
0: like, oh. you, and he's like, oh. And you could... Pessimistically, read that as trying Kazuguru, Ishi, Kazuo Eshoguru, trying to have his cake and eat it too, or whatever. Of you know, oh, well he's, well, he, well, he's evil, but also he did, no, he was good. But I think that goes in. It's a bit like, you know, a lot of it's very hard to speak as if these people knew what was to come.
1: Yeah, that's the thing. You've always got, um, what's it called? hindsights,
0: yeah. yeah. They were all working at that time, seemingly, for periods at least, to avoid another war, <laughs> more than anything. Um, so, yeah, so a, an original script was written by Harold Pinter, a uh, famed playwright. And John Cleese was allegedly offered the role of Stevens. And however, he said he withdrew after Harold Pinter wrote, took the humour out and made it, in Cleese's words, relentlessly down. Now, then in a, in a Mike Nichols interview, he said that the Pinter script was very scary, but very funny. So I don't really know it's sort of colliding, colliding things there, because there is a, I guess, it's not, Ha ha ha! Laugh out loud. It's not bridesmaids, but there is a there is a humour in this film. I mean, the broadest scene, obviously being the scene with, at the at the hedges, which is directly taken from the book of um, Stephen's being tasked, incredibly, to convince to tell Hugh Grant, the, you know, the birds and the bees. Mm-hmm. Um, there is more humour in the book, in a sense, uh, but again, it's all very dry and very subtle. And it's stuff like, oh, I, I planned, I, I I planned to make three witticisms today, and I only did two, and that sort of thing. So it's 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 never laugh out loud, obviously. I Apparently. Think, oh, go on.
1: I think there are some like now that I think about it, one of the scenes that did make me chuckle was um when he's in the pub. Oh, and yes. he says the phrase over and over and over again. But he's pub. like yeah, where he talks about, like, how he was, like, unofficially, like, politically inclined or whatever. Yeah, uh,
0: well, in an in an unofficial capacity, I, I worked more in uh, in foreign affairs.
1: <laughs> yeah, and then we have the... follow Like, there's a scene that follows on from that a bit later where it's kind of like he's being interrogated by the opposite end. So, obviously, he's being interrogated by the working class, if you like, about his... Um, like you know, he's well spokenness and blah blah blah, and what they think, mm. and then in the following scene, he's being interrogated by the upper class, being viewed as the working we're just, class. Just, just
0: bullied. I mean, yeah. you know, he's he's just, it's just three cigar chomping, brandy brandy-swigging, the epitome of of stereotype of what you'd imagine rich lords of the time to be. And they're just trying to, one of them is trying to prove the point that political decisions should not be left up to the working class. And to make that point, he belittles, bullies and um, humiliates uh, Stevens, a man who's just doing his job by pulling out the most ridiculous foreign affairs that you've ever heard of. That I'm sure some were public knowledge, I guess, at the time, but asking him about tax trading and uh, tax trading in France. And even if Stevens is incredibly knowledgeable of it, he is not in a position, is never going to say, well, actually, yes, I do think the tax embargo is a good thing. And it's all just to win a bloody argument at the cigar, at the chomping cigars.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. Yeah. It's mm. just like the two different phrases that he says, like the, the way that they kind of, what's the word?
0: Juxtapose? Ju-
1: They're each other. Mm. It, yeah, it's just, it is funny.
0: Yeah. I found
1: it funny. I was like, seeing what you did there.
0: Mm. So before we take our first break, uh, let's touch on Merchant Ivory, which is just an astounding work uh, of films. Uh, James Ivory and uh, Ishmael, uh, not Ishmael, what's his name um anyway um merchant who were life partners and business partners for life for around 45 years i believe until um merchant died in 2004 i believe yeah ismail merchant pardon me i said ishmael like uh Moby Dick, ismail merchant um Ismail Merchant from Bombay, uh, James Ivory of English descent, who, who was from Oregon apparently. And then they made um, a series of works with adapting or using Ruth Prawer Javala as a writer who was of Indian descent, I believe, but also of, of Jewish descent. Her family actually ran away from the Nazis. And just this incredible team of two gay men and their friend, their, their female friend, making some of the Biggest independent films of of all time, with the Room from the Room with a View, Howard's End, This Remains the Day, and they were all huge Oscars, Oscar successes. Ruth Proajavala won for Room with a View and Howard's End, and they often made an awful lot of money and attracted these incredible stars. And uh, so, when the Mike Nichols project fell through with Meryl street possibly with Jeremy Irons. Um, and the Harold Pinter script was shelved, um, they seemed an ideal person. And Ismail Merchant talked about how it was such a relief to have good good material come to them rather than them trying to uh, find it in another way. And it can't be understated that I don't think without Merchant Ivory Productions, there would be no Downton or anything that we can conceive of.
1: I think that's fair to say
0: indeed um we're going to take our first break and then we'll be back to talk about the actual film in the nitty-gritty oh yeah i didn't <laughs> like that either i didn't like it <laughs> i didn't like it, it was not a job. and we're back okay so the actual film itself so they cast uh sorry one last thing so uh uh, like we talked about, Mike Nichols dropped out. Love Mike Nichols, one of the greats, uh, because uh, the film Wolf was overrunning. Uh, now, if I told you that one of my favourite directors directed a film where Jack Nicholson was a werewolf and his love interest was Michelle Pfeiffer, you would say, what, Jazz? Is that your favourite film of all time?
1: I would say I need to watch that movie immediately. That's shame <laughs> is the best movie ever
0: it's it's we can do wolf i'll watch i'll watch wolf any day of the week the problem is it's not very good there are long scenes of issues about publishing they're both publishers and there's a lot of issues about publishing um however it does have a scene where jack nicholson pisses on somebody's feet and says (laughs) uh, well it's 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 it's, it's, it's so it's an interesting movie Um, Anyway, so that movie was experiencing major issues when it came to rewrites and reshoots. It wasn't going very well.
1: I wonder why.
0: uh, Yeah. And so Mike Nichols, here's a quote. It was the final irony that we were turning Jack Nicholson into a wolf whilst they were sorting out the silverware. So the choice was either they wait until Wolf finishes and Mike Nichols directs it two years from now, or they get the ball rolling. The book had already been out a couple of years, and they got the ball rolling with Merchant Ivory, like we talked about. And they cast Anthony Hopkins and Emma Thompson after the success of Howard's End. So Hopkins here, I've gone in the market on uh, people who are caged, and I don't mean Hannibal Lecter. I mean emotionally caged. That's a very very funny from Anthony there. Um. So we've we kind of already touched on a lot of my best ten minute stretches. The let's talk now about the failing health of seniors, uh, Stephen Sr. And how, what's that face? Didn't do it for you? Bit too on the nose? Oh, just sad, yeah. Yeah, it is sad. It's sad when they die bent over a dustpan and in a state of like absolute um, paralysis from a stroke.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that is sad. It's when the doctor, what does the doctor say to him? He was like, it was a very serious stroke or something yeah. like that. And he's like, I hope that brings comfort to you. Yeah, it's a very was serious like...
0: stroke. He felt barely any pain. Barely? Yeah. Just, lo- just say.
1: <laughs> yeah, just, just tell the truth. <laughs> he died horribly in a mm. job that he was no longer qualified to do.
0: Let's talk about Miss Kenton and the love affair in that well, it's not an affair, but you know what I mean. In the love story there, in that one of the the burgeoning rat-a-tat-tat back and forth of their relationship, friendship, whatever it is, is her being immediately offended by his rudeness in reference to her lack of abilities that isn't actually true. And then that comes immediately on, on the heels, or the opposite of on the heels before... <laughs> Um, her fa- his father's ailing health, which she takes as a chance to rebuff. Well, she, it, well, he starts off with the comment of, "Who did I hear you call, William? Um, were you referring to Mister Stevens? See, you can refer to him as senior if you like, but you must, you know, in try trying to bring into the house some sort of honor for his father, was clearly at his last stages of life." And they're trying to give him a job of service. And so then she is constantly faced with an inept man and she doesn't know anything of his greatness prior. And so she takes that as a thing of, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to be, I'm going to get one up on this Stevens. I'm going to tell him, no, actually your father's shit. He left a dustpan out. There's the whole business about the Chinaman statue. And you know, it, it, this, you've left this out. He's left this and how do you? How did you feel about that? Do you find that that find that makes the character of Miss Kenton a little bit not off-putting, perhaps, but a little bit like unlikable in that she's going after this old man? Or in this moment, are you like, are you completely understanding?
1: Um, I was a bit. I was kind of on the same page as her. If I'm being yeah, honest, no, no, I was yeah. a bit like she's saying what we're all thinking. Mm. Man needs to be, you know, at home with the book. Cup of tea. He mm. does not need to be running around this house doing mm. half-assed jobs and you know effectively just making people feel a bit sorry for him. It was a very it wasn't a very graceful way out, was it?
0: No. And and in the book it's actually Miss Kenton who notices the sweat on the nose as well. And she says, I noticed the sweat on his nose the other day. And I think again, the master stroke. Of the story of the film of the book is Emma Thompson's performance when it comes to um, the death and the writing of it and that incredibly beautiful back and forth where she pulls him aside and says I'm 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 afraid he's I'm afraid he's died um, and and mm-hmm. and obviously she expects him to say Oh right I'll I'll, I'll come up now and he says No I am um, I'm very busy at the moment and. And then he talks about how you know this is what his father would have wanted, perhaps, you know, to the honor of 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 working such an incredible house when such an important meeting's going on, and then she has that incredibly beautiful line of um, I'm paraphrasing here, I can't remember the exact line, but um if if, if you wouldn't mind um me allowing to close his eyes, sir, and such mm. formality around something as brutal. And horrible as death is, where that shift occurs of Miss Kenton and the emotionality of the two and the sweetness, sweetness in a sense.
1: Yeah, I I. That's why I think I got more father-daughter from them. Yeah. Than I did lovers. Because it just it I feel like with a lover you would have that informality of like you can tell me how you are feeling, Mm. or you know, do you know I I just felt like because there was such formalness to that interaction and all their interactions really until we see her, you know, at the very end of the film before she trots off to wherever the hell she goes to her little boarding Mm. house um and he finds her crying we don't really i feel like she's very emotional and he's not and the two just never really collide in a nice way
0: hmm well i mean when he finds her crying when he finds her crying and he comes to her and you think oh this will finally be the time he talks to her um there's a particular um alcove that I found needs dusting, Miss Kenton.
1: <laughs> but it's kind of like that's what she did to him, yeah. almost in a sense with his father. So yeah. it's kind of like a ha, get on my a, own back.
0: And in a roundabout later. way, and in a roundabout way, you could see that as maybe Stevens trying to console her, and you know that thing of you know everybody's different, but that thing if you've got a really depressed friend or something. Okay, let's do something. Let's go out or something. Mm. Or like, okay, let's give her something to do. Oh, have you read that book? You should really read that book. I I don't know if you've... I've never given a depressed friend that advice or been given that advice to go read a book. I don't know where that came from. Um. Go read a book. Go read a book. It'll
1: be fine. It'll be fine. Um,
0: Um... other ten minute stretches. The background of that conference, and the speeches, and the wonderful Christopher Reeve, who was two years away here from the um, the tragedy that would render him completely paralysed um, for the rest of his life, and severe. I mean, it's so bizarre that I watched the DVD comment, the DVD making of, or whatever, and I don't know when the making of was made but it must have been at least two years ahead because you've got image video of christopher reeve on the set talking about how wonderful the film is and then it'll cut to him and he's in his wheelchair and he's got the neck apparatus did you know that christopher reeve had a major
1: um i'm just finding out about it now
0: yeah sorry to break it to you
1: (laughs) yeah thanks for that
0: um, yeah, no, and then all the Grinches
1: a... in the background.
0: <laughs>
1: Is that the Grinch, yeah, the fireplace thing ended, and now it's just the Grinch.
0: Wonderful! I, I'm very excited for Mary May Huviate. Come on, hi there. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh,
0: I like love Christine Baranski. Don't know about the rest. Of... Are you a Grinch person? Not in the sense of yeah. you n- disliking Christmas. I was like, "Do you like the film The Grinch?"
1: I do like the film The Grinch. It's actually the Benedict Cumberbatch version.
0: So, oh, you know. who, I don't like
1: that version. Who narrated?
0: Who narrated Jim Carrey Grinch? Did it? No, who did?
1: Oh, I don't know. I thought you were saying Benedict Cumberbatch did, and I was like, what?
0: "No, Anthony Hopkins who, did."
1: Did he? Yeah, oh, I know
0: you'll be watching it this Christmas, and you'll be like, "But in reality, he's a really sad old butler,
1: (laughs) sad little old man He Um, carries around silverware."
0: Yeah, oh, poor, poor, poor poor Stevens. Here are some da 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 -da Tom's weirdly specific favourite parts. Um. Traitor's Nest to be torn down, reference in the opening letter. I very, I very much enjoy the trickling of information of how they give out the World War II stuff. Um it's a bit bolder in the film because you've got less time. And so you end up with the shop guy going, Wasn't there a nap saying I'm Darlington or something? <laughs> he?
1: Oh. So you
0: kind of play it a bit bolder. Uh, but again, it all works. The um, it, the wonderful image of Missus Kenton walking down the hall that fades away when he's looking through, and in all the hallways he can still see her, even if it's only been twenty years. I know this is just history, but the ironing of a newspaper—what an incredibly like this is the sort yes. of bullshit that fills their days. Um, Imagine the wonderful...
1: ironing a newspaper.
0: I know. Why? I'm all for print. I'm all for print media. And I'm all for um DVDs and Blu-rays, as you well know. Mm-hmm. Love a newspaper. We've got to sort out the ink thing. I know they're hot off the presses. And I know that's the big thing about newspapers. But how, over a 100 years, have we never figured out the thing of the ink rubbing off any fingers? Good point. Like, you, surely, you do
1: have a point there.
0: Surely we can sort this out.
1: Maybe that's your big thing. Maybe that's what you'll discover, and it will solve so many.
0: I give up on the acting, problem. the acting writing dream, and uh, just <laughs> find a pattern for ink.
1: Just work out. Um, yeah.
0: The needlessly dramatic slow motion fall with the tea tray <laughs> when when senior's father. Oh yes, <laughs> yes.
1: <Yeah. laughs> Oh. Yeah,
0: um, I enjoyed. it <laughs> uh, holding uh, slightly earlier. Steven's holding up a drink and being ignored—such a beautiful, uh harsh image when he's giving it mm. to the polo guy. Um, I love Senior's reaction to the falling over. In you've got to get those stones right. What if all these foreign, fancy foreign mm. people fall over? And then the s- incredibly sad image of an elderly man kicking in the stones and practising carrying a tray whilst Emma Thompson watches him. It's very sad. Um, yeah. Yes. Yeah, very sad. Um, the guy, I, I interesting, no, maybe I'm completely reading into this. There's the guy who really believes in Nazism, and he asks if the soup's vegetarian, and he's really preoccupied with vegeta- oh, v- yes, vegetarianism. Him. And I thought, Mm. Am I completely reading into this? Or is the fact that Adolf was vegetarian, is that him, like, another sort of thing? Maybe it's it a
1: little bit of a hint.
0: Yeah, maybe he's, maybe he's just like, a little bit of a... oh, our Lord and Saviour, Adolf Hitler, he's vegetarian. There must be something in it. Um, let's let's have a go. Let this vegetarianism could be reading into it. Some of the beautiful orange skies of the seaside beautiful
1: yeah very pretty isn't it
0: yeah and the frozen glare on Stephen's face during the book scene and that slow wrinkling off of the fingers and just that blank you didn't what what are you shaking your head you didn't like that
1: fingers part I did not like that part (laughs) just it just felt weird and that's why I thought it was going to be my camp I was very concerned because I was like why are you gripping onto that book so hard (laughs) sir
0: Actually, a good idea. Random
1: ideology going on there.
0: Um, it's not really specific. I think the aging is incredibly well done, especially on Emma Thompson. I think it's really. Oh, you disagree? Oh, jazz. Teeth
1: looked horrible, and it looked like she had two black eyes.
0: Am I just not good with makeup? We should have... Should we call Leanne randomly and say, Leanne, we want you to <laughs> go on to Netflix and just go on... To, I'm...
1: Watch this end scene. Yeah,
0: just watch the end scene. I mean, Leanne cries at everything. <laughs> with no so context. Would... Just tell us Le...
1: if Emma Thompson looks believable.
0: She would probably still cry. Leanne cries at everything. She was just like, I don't
1: even know why no, she, she... doesn't. Leanne's like Stevens. She's like a... Stoneface uh, didn't cry at anything unless it's, it's old men forgetting things or what, what other one did she cry we watched at?
0: terms of endearment and she was an absolute emotional yeah. wreck
1: yeah it's only like i read online though that people who cry only at movies have got like some sort of like mental problem like like yeah that's I beautiful. hate to expose Leanne yeah. Baker, my one not, true love, but... You know.
0: I've not written her Christmas card yet. I can say we've been looking into it and we think you've got a mental problem. <laughs> um,
1: I'll tell her this weekend. I'm seeing her on Saturday.
0: Oh, that's wonderful. Where are you seeing her?
1: Uh, we, Well, it's my birthday on Friday. So we're going up to London for a lovely day out. Um, so you're in London on Friday?
0: You know I'm in London yeah. on Friday.
1: No, not on Friday. We're in London on Saturday.
0: I'm in London on Saturday.
1: Well, come with us. What we're going to go to to um the it the Disham Indian restaurant, and we're going to do all the Christmas markets.
0: What's the Disham Indian restaurant?
1: It's like those you know, like around like Covent Garden, you see that like big line of people queuing up to go into a restaurant. It's like this, like Indian restaurant that you can't book into. You just have to get into the line. So it's Hmm. like not even that long of a line, but apparently it's like the best Indian food in London.
0: Okay, so I could move my. We'll discuss this after. Um, the remains of the day. (laughs) Um, uh, The the throwaway line at at Hugh Grant being killed in the war, and again that undoubtedly weighing on Darlington. Exactly. Can we talk about this? Hugh Grant's wonderful in this. So this is the year before four weddings. So one of his big yeah, the year just the year before. He looks
1: so much older in this. Well, I think
0: again, they do wonderful makeup, as I was just talking about.
1: Oh, okay. Um his hair looked great in this, I will say that.
0: Well, if we go back to your thing for Hugh Grant. Uh, this is the year I before the year before four weddings. So one of his big breaks was in the film Maurice. Um, which is a gay period love story from Merchant Ivory. Uh, wonderful film. Mays um, recently had a big re-release because it was an anniversary or something. Anyway, wonderful film. Hugh Grant, gay, but it's the Victorian era, so nobody can be gay. Um, good movie. It's a lot better than that incredibly Sorry, blunt... can we
1: just rewind? Hugh Grant, gay, Victorian era, nobody can be gay. <laughs> Great sentences. <laughs>
0: Write blurbs (laughs) for books.
1: You can't.
0: (laughs) Victorian Uh, era can't be gay. (laughs) (laughs) Maurice is an incredibly beautiful film. Everybody go watch Maurice. Ignore my. Oh, that's what. what, Speaking (laughs) of Tom's description of it. Speaking of gay romances, James Ivory won an Oscar four years ago because he did the screenplay adaptation for um, Call Me By Your Name. So he's still working, this incredibly intelligent, wonderful yeah, writer director. That's true. He's very good. And he wore a shirt with Timothy Chalamet on it to, get, to win his Oscar. Was that the year? No, that was not the year we did the Oscars. How long did you stay up the, the Oscars? No. What do you mean, no?
1: I think, I, no, I made it pretty far, to be fair.
0: Yeah. We no, you watched I think all I of the, the whole thing. You watched all no. You watched the full the full Baftas infamously because we thought that you weren't going to watch the Baftas because you were sad with me.
1: Oh yeah, I was angry at you for something. <laughs> I, I think, can't remember which time, but I it
0: remember. No, I do remember. Bafta was Tennis Day.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love Tennis Day. Oh, I tell that story so often. That is, I ing- love Tennis Day.
0: Me walking in and going... You're an
1: arsehole,
0: mate. You're an arsehole. You're an arsehole. You're also. an arsehole. And I, me walking in with a oh. bloody pack of bacon and a butter <laughs> and going, go on.
1: And milk. You have milk as well.
0: And I will... When I'm on my deathbed, I will hopefully be surrounded by my friends, my family, my loved ones. I'll have created a great family. And I'll have an incredible, wonderful success in the writing and acting field. And all of that will not be as specific in my mind as the look Lauren gave me on Tennis gate to flash. <laughs> they are really angry, Tom. Stop making <laughs> jokes. <laughs> that oh, was a great. Oh, what a wonderful time. It was time. just
1: the wrong time. It was. It was. It, it's <laughs> so funny.
0: It was a confluence of many things. Um, mm. light turning on on the pier, and people—people people always cheer about the lights. Um, and then just Stevens holding back his tears, and then that final goodbye—the rain, the hands, the tears—and um, absolutely uh, beautiful. Do you have any really uh, specific little favorite moments in this film, Jess? I know it was yes. your first watch. The feet. Oh yes, the be- yes, uh, Mister yes. Mister Dupont, at his feet. Um. So the building. The feet.
1: I'm trying to think, maybe something else.
0: No, I think the all of the feet is good enough.
1: I feel like I had something else, but no, yeah, I'll stay with the feet. I don't blame you. Feet and Apple Man, the the the, the shopkeeper, and the sudden real like the I just never thought how like you could see apples and then go I want apples and it. Stevens just really wanted apples really quick. So the sudden need for apples and feet <laughs> are my favorite.
0: Your sudden need for apples and feet. (laughs)
1: Yeah.
0: Interesting jazz. Um, The best single minute, the opening letter from Mrs. Kenton. um, Mr. Stephen Senior discussion with Mrs. Kenton again. um, The sending to discuss with Hugh Grant the matters of uh, the ducks and the geese and the shrubs and the leaves and um, then in the pub, talking about foreign affairs, I enjoyed that a lot. The book scene that we talked about, whether it be erotic or familial. Um, and then the bullying that we talked about again, the asking the series of questions of Stevens and Stevens every single time. I- I'm sorry, sir, but I'm unable to uh, be of assistance in this moment. Um, very harsh, brutal, horrible scene. And then when Mrs. Kenton comes in late. And he goes, I trust you had a pleasant evening. And that, and she's like, I accepted his oh, proposal of marriage, yeah. by the way. And it was all, it's that's the sort mm. of dramatic, melod- not melodramatic, but dramatic scene um, that um, is kind of Downton. But we only get one, and then it's immediately subdued by, Do you want to go clean? Um, Is there any problems? <laughs> Do you have any other nominations that I missed for best uh, single minute?
1: I did but it's gone out of my head. We kind of really, we've kind of done
0: know. a roundabout conversation and touched on everything in a roundabout mm-hmm. way. Um a couple of best lines I am a coward I'm frightened of leaving and that's the truth all I see out in the world is loneliness and it frightens me. That's all my high principles are worth Mr Stevens I'm ashamed of myself. And then Miss Kenton you've made a great deal to this house you you're, you're extremely important to this house. And, and I mean oh, I guess I you could yeah, it's, it's very nice. It's very nice. Um, oh, and then when when she gets the one up at dinner of, um, yes, Mister Stevens, yes, Mr. yes, oh, no, it's Miss, it's for Mister Stevens Senior, Mister Stevens, and, and her uh, getting the one up on the ridiculousness of not being able to call the underbutler butler, the, uh, William. Um, what do you think? Oh, about it's your popped fantasy? back into my head. Oh, go on.
1: My my one minute scene is when um, Lord Darlington. Tries to speak German to the German girls. Yeah. Very good scene. like
0: And he, that. Ke- and he keeps going, um, uh, des, dus, willkommen. I just told them that welcome to the house.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and she's just there, like, yeah, okay. Yeah. They speak excellent English, then <laughs> proceeds to ignore that. <laughs> Great. Um, Great.
0: Stuff. It's, um, Oh sorry. Or oh, do you think it might be a fantasy, a fantasy on the part because of my experience, and and then and then obviously the the culminating line of the entire film. I was too busy le- serving to listen to the speeches. I mean, that's your that's your whole thing in a nutshell. I don't think we've done this category yet with you. Uh, best specific Halloween costume. I'm going to go for old. I was old... confused by this
1: because I was expecting a Halloween scene. And I was like, "Oh, am I going to choose my favorite <laughs> Halloween costume?" Where's the <laughs> Halloween scene? There wasn't one. I'm assuming you mean which costume would be the best to go as for Halloween.
0: Yeah, it's normally a lot more fun on films like you know, like Batman, um, not the period drama "The Remains of the Day." I'm going to say you
1: just have to go as the butler, wouldn't you?
0: I would say old. I would say make out of cardboard, two little boxes, paint them like water basins, roll your trousers up and walk <laughs> and go around like Mr. DuPont.
1: Yeah. <laughs> or go as go as like I would I would quite fancy that Butler outfit, especially that the 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 all white bow with the little things that look like they're gonna stab you in the neck. Or you, you f- grant with these little glasses?
0: When you say fancy, are you talking about you would fancy it on somebody or you would fancy, you would enjoy wearing that?
1: I would enjoy wearing it. If oh, someone right, came okay. up to me with that outfit on, I'd be like, what's going on? But I would enjoy well, wearing ho- it. Well,
0: hopefully it would be a fancy dress party, not just something that somebody's worn. <laughs>
1: <they're> just just walk- <laughs> showing up on a date in it.
0: I would agree, Jazz, if somebody at a random house party was dressed in a, in a butler's tuxedo, yeah, that might be a turn-off. <laughs> But if if it was a fancy dress party, I might be I might give them a little bit more lenience.
1: I might be impressed, actually.
0: Yeah. That, that was a good thing on the ship. You I was always dressed in my tuxedo or my nice suits. Mm. And now I just wear a polo and jeans. It's
1: better than my Costa outfit.
0: Well, it's one of those things. Uh, what's the change? I've got two, and they're quite specific. Now we've touched on some other things. Do you have any specific other changes that you you want to bring to bear?
1: You go first. Let me let me let me think.
0: Okay. Um, I thought seeing I thought his father's love confession on the bed came a little bit out of nowhere. It kind of immediately was. I always loved your mother. You know that, don't you? And I mean, you can look at it as he realises he's going to be dying and he wants to get it out. And I know, obviously, that's what it is. But I think just in that scene, in that moment, does come a little bit out of nowhere. And then, as beautiful an image as it is, is the freed bird metaphor a little bit on the nose?
1: A little bit. <laughs> it's very much on the nose. And I also hate pigeons, so I just felt like it was unnecessary.
0: <laughs> yes. Oh, very very good sir, very good sir. At least nobody said, he's free now.
1: Mm. Yeah, thank God. At least they stopped somewhere. They drew a line.
0: It's, I mean, the the aerial shop, it's beautiful, it's great. Uh, is it? Oh, all right.
1: I think it is, but it's ruined by that bloody door. Why'd they keep the door there? I don't need the door. I've seen the door. The door's closed. I get it. Fade away. Let me enjoy the the house. Let me... I don't need the door there. Sorry, I don't. I do love when... That's my hot take.
0: Whether you're talking about personal matters or the great films of the 90s, when you do slip into your more London voice... It just always surprises me because it just all slip in, and you're just like, "Nah, don't like it." I thought <laughs> he was reading Mein Kempf. No, I
1: was
0: like, "All right, <laughs> <laughs> okay, interesting." Um, are there any other changes that uh, have, have have come to mind? Um... It's okay. We've touched on a lot of stuff. We've touched on a lot of stuff when it comes to.
1: I cut out that German lady singing. <laughs> don't like that
0: what's wrong with German body? I just don't I
1: I just say how he also walks up to you he goes which well, is excellent display of German culture I was like was it was it well
0: it was to him wasn't it
1: yeah well you know he's yeah.
0: hiring the German maids he's hiring the German he's doing the German singing it's all oh, I'm learning my German oh, I'm doing my part
1: the other thing the whole um little B storyline of um the the love between that oh, play yeah and yeah, yeah sure why sure. do we need that cut that out waste of screen time waste Don't screen need
0: it. Th- i mean it's just an it's i mean it's just yeah but you know why it's there it's just like literally in mrs kenton and mr stevens's face of oh know you could run away if you wanted you could do it it wouldn't be great
1: that anyway
0: okay no i understand it could be a little bit but when you look at it not much time is spent on it at all really
1: no but it that because there isn't it feels like it's just a bit
0: underdeveloped
1: yeah and okay. I was just a bit like, well, no, you wouldn't want that anyway, because I can guarantee you that she's gonna end up pregnant and alone in the next five years. So mm. no, you wouldn't really want to run away because they're not really in love. Like, do you know what I mean?
0: You're putting a lot fun. of you're gonna kind of be putting a lot of stuff on those people.
1: <laughs> but it just that's why I was like, it just doesn't <laughs> it just, give me more Hugh Grant over that. Sorry.
0: I agree. Okay. I, I think I would love a scene with Emma Thompson and her. Uh, And she can do the whole, well, I love him. And he's so warm. And he always tells me how much he loves. No, but this is the thing. We always play this game. Or, like, it's when Will, my famous Will story, well, it's not famous. He was talking about misery. And he was like, I just like, because there's a bit in misery where she says, "I, I don't, I've never liked the rain. It gives me the blues. And Will said, yeah, I wondered, like, why didn't she do, like, a monologue, like, her father died in the rain? And I was like, that's the worst <laughs> suggestion I've ever heard. And every time we do these conversations, I was like, "I oh, know a scene with Emma Thompson and that maid would be really good, where the maid says, I love him because he's so warm and he tells me he loves me all the time. And you could see what Mrs- Mr. Stevens isn't giving or anything like that. But mm. on the other end, not really. And then we go back in a full roundabout way to the deleted scene of, is this a film missing that emotional release or is the restrainment and the confined emotionality the thing that makes it the beautiful and um, tender, painful film? It's in? It is.
1: I'm going with the latter because now that I've had time to think about it and we've gone through the whole movie, I feel like if I saw him be emotional, I would feel like it's very out of pocket for him. Mm. And... um. I also would feel like it's just, you know, sometimes they insert scenes just for the sake of we want to win an Oscar. So let's put this really emotional, yeah. good acting scene in. And that will be your shoe in And I was like, no, I don't need it actually, mm. because that's who he is. And I stand
0: by one of the great performances of the past 10 years is Ryan Gosling as Neil Armstrong in First Man. And... He is completely quiet and reserved that whole film. And if that film had a scene where he was like, we got to get to the moon, because if we don't get to the moon, because there's a little boy in Idaho who dreams of going to the moon, and we're going to show him, he would be a shoo-in for that Oscar. But there is um. never that scene. And the most... Inc- it's all in his eyes, and it's all subtlety. And I know that's Gosling's thing with Drive and stuff like that. And, I mean, you don't even have to go back that far. I'm not saying that Marriage Stories and you know, Like, obviously, everybody just immediately jumps to the argument. But, like, Adam Driver in Marriage Story versus Joaquin Phoenix in Joker... Adam Driver in Marriage Story is the performance I think is better, and I still think about today... Even if mm, Joaquin Phoenix was excellent, but it's a very I am doing a performance. I mean, yes. there are many different performances. Yeah. We we don't need to now spend this final six minutes litigating whether um, whether subtlety is more important than over the topness. Um, the most is the, first question: Is this the saddest Tom's big question of all time? Second question: The actual question: Will Stevens retire or will he just die in service?
1: He'll die in service.
0: You were straight in there, with
1: Yeah, he's going to be like his dad. He's going to trip, have a stroke. Something's going to kill him off. He'll bang his head on a dustpan. Yeah. I don't know, but he's dying in service, that man is.
0: New Tom's big question. If Mr. Stevens was like, finally to Mrs. Kenton, I want to marry you. I know it's like the worst ending for this film ever, but like, he said, "I uh, leave him, leave him. I'll marry you and, and we'll be happy. Do you think... Ms... No, I know he wouldn't. It's a stupid question. I take it back. <laughs> I'm sorry. I take it back. Uh, a few fun facts. I really do only have a few. Hugh Grant once said that this was the best film he ever starred in.
1: I don't think he can claim he starred in it, though, can he?
0: Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say something like, "I love Bridget Jones," but oh, I didn't yes, think, I
1: do love Bridget Jones. I didn't well, think we you also were haven't come... seen his performance as the Lumpa yet, so that could be his <laughs> best performance. I am banking on that, to be honest.
0: You um, do love you love Timothée as well. Are you, are you? I do love
1: Timothée Chalamet. I do love him. When are you um, watching
0: Wonka? This episode will have this ep- Wonka will have come out, and I will have. Posted my review, it'll be in a couple of weeks or so. I when are you watching Wonka?
1: I've got to watch Saltburn first before I write like, yes, watch. It's, <laughs> yes, next you do.
0: it's next weekend,
1: it's next weekend's plan. I've already got it Saturday night.
0: Do I travel <laughs> down to London again next Saturday and watch Saltburn again? <laughs> <laughs>
1: 'Cause it, like I, I I've not I don't know anything. I've only seen the trailer. And every time it comes up a view page, I'm like, go, go, go. Yeah.
0: Because
1: yeah. I, I wanna I wanna experience it. Um
0: I'm but... all in. I'm all in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all in on Solburn.
1: But Wonka will be the watch after that. I feel like it needs to be more close to Christmas for me to watch Wonka. I think
0: you should watch <laughs> I think you should watch Wonka and then straight into Solburn
1: do a back-to-back.
0: Preferably wait till both are on streaming and then watch them both in 20 minute intervals. Watch Saltman for 20 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> and, get...
1: and then a little orange Hugh Grant in the net.
0: You have no idea what you, what's coming for you with Saltman. I'm, so I'm all in on Saltman. Love it. It's murder on the dance floor. Loved it. And um, Sir Anthony Hopkins, um, as a guest on Inside the Actors Studio, said that he got tips on how to play a butler from real-life butler Cyril Dickman, who served for 50 years at Buckingham Palace. Dickman said, there's nothing to being a butler, really. When you're in the room, it should be even more empty.
1: Oh, so that's a, a bit sad. Oh, bleak,
0: is isn't it? it? Yeah. Um, in the end, Hopkins said that this is the story of all of our lives. If we try to avoid pain... Then we avoid life and Stevens avoided his life. Fucking
1: <laughs> hell. All right, mate. Calm down. Do you know where he's got a point? He's got a point.
0: He has. I was thinking this. I mean, we don't need to do
1: it's two, sad, but man's got a point.
0: Two minutes sixty. We don't need to do Tom's relationship corner again. But <laughs> I was thinking but it's like it's so much easier just not being rejected. What's and then that?
1: That line, it's better to die numb than to feel at all. Noah Kahan. <laughs>
0: it's, it's better to club. die numb than to, than not to feel, feel at all. all.
1: And <laughs> sometimes I'm like, you know what? He's right. It is. But then I think of all the things I'd be missing out on and blah and blah then, uh, blah. Yeah, joy yeah. and all of that stuff.
0: Yeah. Such as meeting your good friend Tom in London. Yes.
1: You should, should come, come.
0: I'm watching yeah. I'm watching well, we'll organise this now. Any final thoughts on Remains of the Day?
1: Um I feel like a lot happens and a lot doesn't happen in this movie. Mm. Um and Emma Thompson's teeth deserves better. They've been through a lot with Nanny McPhee as well, and I feel yeah. like they didn't The, be big, aged bang. the
0: big Bang. Big yeah. Bang happened, yeah.
1: Exactly. Um, Justice for Emma Thompson's chief.
0: This was never the movie I ever thought we were going to talk about. What a bizarre...
1: oh, odd choice, but I liked it.
0: It was nice. It was lovely, jazz. Um Right, we're going to go organise a curry. Um, have a wonderful night and um uh, serve, your, serve your masters, but also live life to the fullest. And by serve your masters, I definitely meant butlering, I was not yeah. making any reference yeah, to the full Hitler, the else. Hitler thing. Yeah.
1: Oh That's god. Let like me just. <laughs> yeah, make that <laughs> distinction very obvious, please. Uh,
0: I just oh, love that god. this is gonna like cut out randomly in like ten seconds, and I'm gonna be like halfway through defending. Uh, <laughs> well, not Hitler. The guy's Nazism
1: is not okay. Just yeah, want to okay. make that clear. I just
0: want to say, completely on the record, Nazis not great i'm gonna say it you like know i'm gonna say,
1: like
0: say it i'm gonna say i'm doing the hands
1: The ever needs to be set.
0: <laughs> it's taken longer than i thought it was i thought it was yeah, going to
1: <laughs>